0: Sometimes, when we're working on a computer and it doesn't work right, we do something very simple. We reboot it. And in our summer series on replenish, today we're going to talk about rebooting our faith. Uh, listen at what the Apostle Paul says about that uh, from 2 Corinthians 5:17. Uh, He writes, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You know, we were all born with a desire to grow and to change. Did you know that last year, $10 million was spent in this country on plastic surgery. And I hate to tell you men, but 1 million men had some form of plastic surgery. And because we all have this desire to change, to be transformed, to be different, to be better, to grow, is a way of life. We aren't satisfied to stay the way we are we will try all sorts of things to change, crash diets, plastic surgery, new hairdos, new fads, are just a few of the things we do in order to change. We also not only desire to change externally, we desire to change internally. And Americans spend about 11 billion a year on self-help and internal improvement groups, books, the truth is that very few of these techniques deliver what is hoped for. In a very recent Times Magazine, Kristen Van Ogtrop writes, I have a complicated relationship with self-help books. This is, I approach the entire genre with a mixture of interest and dread. While I'm certain I can become a better vision of me with the help of someone who has a research staff and a lucrative book contract, I know my relationship with the self-help book of the moment will end badly. It always does. An old man was selling a warehouse, and the warehouse was, had been empty for months. It was very dilapidated, and it was dirty and needed a lot of repairs. Gangs had damaged the doors, smashed the windows, and there was trash thrown everywhere. A prospective buyer was looking at it and the owner was apologetic. He said, well, if you buy this warehouse, I'll repair the windows, I'll bring in a crew to correct any structural damage, and I'll clean out the garbage. And the buyer looked at him and said, you know, don't bother. When I buy this place, I'm going to build something completely different. I don't want the old. I want a whole new creation. Compared with the renovation God has in mind for each of us, our efforts to improve ourselves are trivial, as trivial as sweeping an old warehouse that's really slated for the wrecking ball. When we belong to Jesus, the old life is over. He makes all things new. That is what we just read in 2 Corinthians. All Jesus wants is our cooperation and our permission to begin the change. And the Bible even tells us how this is possible. It is in Christ and through Christ that we change. That's the only sure way we change. It is important, I think, to point out the the verb tense of the new life Paul is writing about. He writes, the old has, the old has passed away. Our new life is something that happens when we come to Christ, and it's in Christ alone. Our new life is not something we attain by hard work over a long period of time or that we earn. Its gestation period is in Jesus Christ hanging on the cross on Good Friday and being raised from the dead on Easter Sunday. Martin Luther writes about the old person in his explanation to baptism. He writes that the old person that is in us with all its sins and evil desires, we are drowned in the waters of baptism and we come out a whole new creation. When we ask Christ into our lives, everything is new. There is an abundance in Christ that we have scarcely dreamed of. Colossians 2.10 says that we have been given fullness in Christ, there is absolutely nothing on earth that I need in addition to Jesus. Whatever I need is to be found in him and him alone. And if we have trouble living out this new creation, the problem isn't on the Godward side of things. The trouble is in me. Last year, I bought a new car. I read about all the new cars and I saw that there are uh, There was one out that had all this new technology, and it sounded really exciting. It had extended mirrors all over, and you could see everywhere, and it had warnings. It had bells. It had whistles. It had a voice activated, everything. Everything was right there at my fingertips. And I thought, wow, I think I'll buy this because it comes with the car, nothing extra. So I bought the car. And I looked at it, and I didn't know how to use it. I was just overwhelmed with thinking about how can I use all this stuff. So I got out the manual. That's a good idea, right? And I looked, and the manual was about this thick, and I opened it up. And I thought, I can't read this thing, and I don't really understand what it's saying. And so I just started driving the new car just like I did the old core. I ignored all that wonderful technology right at my fingertips and kept on driving the way that I had always driven. And, you know, sometimes we come to Christ and we give him our hearts, and then we keep just living the way we lived before we came to him, just like I kept driving that car for a long time without using any of the things that were given to me when I got the car. But our job is to seek, to discover, to live out the new creation in us that's been given. And that's a lot. And what are some of the characteristics of the new creation that the really thick manual the Bible tells us? Uh, I've just chosen three. There are three, but there are many. Number one, we've been reconciled with God. Uh, I read that in the scripture and he tells us and over and over in the scriptures that we are his, we are in him and we are in him forever and he's in us. Before we come to Christ, we are sinful and self-centered and our, our relationship with God has been totally broken. The scripture even says that we were enemies of God But the cross of Jesus Christ brought us home. The gap between God and us was bridged when Christ died for us. And we didn't have the power to do that. We couldn't be good enough. We couldn't give enough money. We couldn't serve enough. We couldn't be kind enough. There was nothing we could do. Christ did it. It took his death and resurrection to give us that gift. And it's amazing That truly believing in that is life-changing. And it creates a desire in us to find out who we are in Him. And we do this by praying, we have a relationship, by reading the manual, the scripture, and by spending time with Him and becoming an active part of His body, the church. I witnessed this, the power of Christ to change. A few years ago, in a pretty remarkable way, I was blessed to lead a young man uh, to the Lord, and he was alienated from God, and he had a very terrible life, a a self-destructive life, and it had caught up with him, and he was terminally ill, and he wanted to make his life right with God before he died. So he asked Jesus into his life, and. And I explained to him, now you're a new creation for the rest of your life here on earth. You're a different person. And I looked at his life, and it was so filled with awful things. And I didn't want to say, thy shall not, thy shall not, thy shall not. And I could not think how to help him. So I decided, after a little prayer, every day to give him a tiny passage of scripture to read and ask him to pray to Jesus and for, for so that Jesus would reveal to him what he was to be about the rest of his life. So this took a little while, and one day, uh, in his usual time, he called me to tell me what the scripture had said to him and what he was going through that day. And that day, he surprised me. He said, you know, I was reading the scripture you gave me. And he said, you know that I do this, and he named this self-destructive thing that he was involved in. He said, you know, I think that makes Jesus unhappy, and it's not good for me. I'm done with that. And I was so amazed. And thing after thing, he would come back to me and say, Jesus has spoken to me through the Scripture in my heart that I'm better than this and that I should be about doing this. And I watched an amazing transformation by uh, the Holy Spirit in him. And he, this kept happening. And he simply received and believed that he was a new creation and went about to discover it, to believe it, and to live it out in his life. And so uh, the number one thing of a new creation is knowing and believing and being reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. Characteristic number two of a new creation, you know, is walking around free, no guilt. You know, uh, many Christians know that they're forgiven. We know that Christ died for our sins and we're forgiven, but sometimes it's an intellectual thing and not a life-giving thing to really know that we are forgiven for all the past sins, the present sins, and the future sins. We are free in Christ and we refuse to live weighted down by guilt. And the enemy of our souls would like to remind us, look, you're still doing the same old thing or you're the same old person, shame on you. And keep us weighted down with guilt. And uh, the more that we're weighted down and the guiltier we feel, it's like a cycle, a destructive cycle. The more we do these awful things, the guiltier we feel, then we go back and do them again and we get caught up in that. And the, and the enemy of our soul laughs because we're not happy, we're not free in Christ. And so, to really seek to know and to really believe and live out, I am forgiven. Christ, I am free. And I remember uh, one beautiful lady uh, from another religious uh, conviction came to the Lord in this church. And she seemed so happy. And I said to her, what's different about this and the way you believed before? And she said, for the first time, I know I am forgiven. Christ did that for me. And so reconciliation, forgiveness. Number three is we have a mission in life. We see the world in a different way. We see a broken, mixed up, up, lost world, people in trouble because they don't know the love of God. And we seek to honor him. We want to honor him with our lives and to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit and bring God glory and exhibit his goodness, and we want to give away what we have because it's so wonderful. And sharing Christ, when we get a chance to do that, brings us joy, and so we look for ways to do it. Um, In Billy Graham's autobiography, he said something I found very interesting. He said, I am bored in social settings or gatherings, uh, where talk is going on, just surface talk. He said, I sit there and wait for an opportunity to talk about Christ, and then I get excited. And I think that's, that's part of who we are as well. But sometimes we try to share our faith, have a bad experience, so we stop sharing it and, uh, and ignore it, and then the impulse goes away. But in deacon training and other trainings, uh, I, I always emphasize to the caregivers that when you visit someone in a hospital or in a home or in an institutional setting, pay attention to those people that are around, not just the person you visit, the, that you're visiting. Be aware who's listening and whose eyes are searching and seeking for a word of encouragement or a prayer or a word about Christ. On the day that our dear little friend Peggy Kocher died, uh, Peggy Lesnowich and I were in the um, Center for Hope, the hospice center, when she died. And so after she went to be with the Lord, I went out and, and found a nurse to come in and pronounce the fact that she had gone. And when the nurse came in, she looked at Peggy and she had this look of terror in her eyes and And both Peggy and I noticed that. And I said to her, "Uh, have you been doing this very long? And she said, no, I'm new at this. And I said, well, have you worked with people dying before? No, but I thought it would look good on my resume. And uh, we we were very concerned about her. And I said, well, I'm going to ask you a personal question. Do you have faith? Do you have faith in God? And she gave a typical answer. Yes, I was baptized as a Christian when I was little, but after confirmation, I just drifted away. And so both Peggy and I said, look, if you're going to work with people going from this world to the next, you need to have a deep faith in the God that's above, to the place they're going, to the Jesus who died for them, and it opened heaven's gates. And maybe it would be helpful for you to get get back to the basics of your faith. And so we loved on her, and we prayed with her, and then we left. And so we gave her what she needed, what was available that we could offer her. And we both were filled with joy, and we thought, oh, This is Peggy's last gift to someone on earth, and you know, I grew up, and maybe some of you did, thinking that to witness to Christ, I had to tell them all about Christ, and get them to confess their sins, and ask Christ into their lives, and then be uh, involved in their discipleship, and... Later, as I've grown, I found out to be content with just the little part God gives me to do wherever I am in each person's life. Because God has many people, and he's powerful, and the Holy Spirit can work. And so not to force something that's unnatural, but whatever is given to us by God, to be faithful and witnessing to him and helping the other, connect with God, and to realize he's there. And, you know, even as a new creation, all the things that I have been talking about, reconciliation, forgiveness, being on a life mission of witnessing, we don't do it perfectly because we still... Although we are a new creation, we still struggle between the old and the new creation. We're not perfect. And that should not discourage us. That's going to happen as long as we live on this earth. John Wesley wrote it this way Every babe in Christ is holy, yet not altogether. He or she is saved from sin, but not entirely. We are called to do all things through Christ. He has the strength. We do not have the strength. He's the perfect one. We are not. When we ask him to change our hearts, he will do that a little at a time until we become like him. So don't waste all the power that Christ has given you. You're a new creation. Don't do what I did with the new car. Just ignore it or like the man did with the warehouse. He's offering a whole new creation. All the longings we have to change are found in him, and he helps us do it. And we don't have to stay in the same old house or the same old car. He's offering us a brand new one. It's free. He's paid for it with his life. And he's delivered it. All we have to do is receive it. Amen. God, just thank you that we are a new creation in Christ, that everything we desire and long for is found in him. Reboot our faith. We believe, help our unbelief. Give us a real knowledge, a real understanding, a real acceptance, a real belief that it's happened, that we can live it out for you. You deserve it. You're worthy. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.